What's up, you freaks? Strength Talking Shop Podcast, Coach Matt Smith. This week's guest, Sean Pitcher, a registered dietitian of IMG Academy. This is part two of our conversation. Um, he goes a little bit deeper in nutrition, uh, optimizing your athletes and everything like that. It's a great podcast. I really appreciate Coach Pitcher for coming on here and, and just giving his insights um, into nutrition and helping our athletes out here. Again, uh, rate and subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, and always... Stay strong. What's up, guys? We're on the Strength Talking Shop podcast. I'm bringing in for part two, registered dietitian, IMG Academy, Sean Pitcher. How are we doing, Sean? I'm doing terrific today. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, Warm weather here in Kentucky. I'm sure the weather down there in Florida is pretty good, too, as well. It is nice and toasty. 89 degrees, sun's out, humidity. It's all good. I'll take it. Yeah, sun's out, guns out. Well, kind of, you know, kind of going on part two here. I think there's, you know, a lot of great information. If people want to go back uh, to the first part of our discussion, you know, like get a little bit of your background, and that'll be in the show notes as well. But kind of something we want to talk about a little bit, and I want to get a little more information is, you know, how can we help educate, you know, nutrition with these high school students and coaches? So I'll kind of let you, you know, run with that. So the big thing I would definitely start with there is, is depending on your location, depending on what you have available, um, I would definitely try to contact a local sports dietitian or a dietitian in the area. Um, there's a couple ways you can kind of go with that. Obviously, it, it's never going to hurt to ask if they're willing to volunteer and come speak to your athletes, come speak to, maybe if you're a teacher in a high school, come speak to your class, because um, the worst thing they can say is no. And on the other hand, if they say yes, then obviously you're going to get some benefit from that standpoint. Um, so depending on how the financials, if you, if some dietitians might want to have some type of compensation for them to come and talk, others just may love to have that experience to be able to help, um, encourage these young athletes and these obviously young, uh, school-aged children, um, different parts of nutrition, because if we look at, too, a lot of our, uh, nutrition education at schools is vanishing, uh, we don't any longer have any home economics. Um, and also in some locations, we're also cutting gym classes out as well. And, and these are a lot of the foundational things that you're not going to only have to do during one part of your life, but you're going to have to do for your entire life. You're going to have to eat every single day. You're going to have to do at least some type of exercise throughout the week over the span of your lifetime so you can continue to stay healthy. You can continue to prevent any type of disease risk as well. Um, so I think those are some key things that I think we're kind of cutting out of schools um, that could be continue to have a big benefit and play a big factor uh, on reducing some of these risks. So obviously, there's if you could pay them, there's that route. Ask if they'll volunteer. Um, ask if they'll come in and talk. Or if they can't do any of those, at the very minimal, you could always ask if they have any type of resources or what sites can I go to, even if it's just a handout to hand out to kids. Again, giving them something is better than not giving them anything at all. And then if they have additional questions, this could be a good way where you could feed, essentially, high school athletes or clients to that dietitian. So then they may be more apt to actually come in and do some of these volunteer talks because if you're feeding some of those kids to them for their business, then they might be willing um, to give back to you from that standpoint. 
So it sounds like, you know, relationships are going to be big with that and everything. Um, so, I, I mean, just kind of a quick example. You know, I was talking to some kids, and they were, they were high school kids. How do, you, how do you combat, like, with those kids that say, well, I've only got a microwave, and I can only eat microwavable food or something like that? What are some, you know, that's just kind of a question I have just for myself because I've had athletes in the past like that where they don't have a lot of resources. They don't have a lot of time to be cooking. They might get to Maybe on the go, what are maybe some, you know, resources for them to look at? So big thing there, America's making everything as easy as possible. Yeah. Um, so if you, if you think of a plate, all right, I usually like to call it a performance plate because that's our main thing. We're, we're trying to give these athletes the fuel to help perform um, during their activities. So if you look at that plate, main things we're going to have on that plate is some type of lean protein source. We're going to have some type of vegetables and fruit or both at the same time. And then some type of carbohydrate source. So, for example, if I was going to tell an athlete, okay, what kind of body is going to be quick and easy that I can assemble and put together on that plate that's going to meet all those needs? So if I look at that protein source, again, protein's main purpose is to help repair and recover our muscles, um, especially after long bouts of activity, whether it's in the weight room, whether it's at practice. Um, also, you have to include um, the mental stress that, that comes about, too, um, from the classroom. And then also the stress of practice, too. Uh, but if I'm going to a grocery store, rotisserie chicken, $5. Um, there's a lot of stuff in the freezer aisle where there are meats where you could buy that are already pre-diced, where you could essentially put them in the microwave for three to five minutes, boom, cooked and ready to go. Um, you know, look online to figure out how to cook something. Or if you can read, which I try to tell us to a lot of athletes, if you can read and you can follow directions, you should have no trouble um, implementing either cooking a carb, a protein, or some type of vegetable. So let's just say, go to the grocery store, go to Walmart, boom, I get a rotisserie chicken, it's already cooked, it's inexpensive, it's $5, there could be two or three meals right there, or even more, depending on how much protein you need. If we go to a vegetable, quick and easy, go to the freezer aisle, almost, you know, half the vegetables now are, are steam bags, so again, stick those in the microwave, five minutes, put a little olive oil on top of them, salt and pepper, Boom, your vegetables are good to go, so that takes care of that part of the plate. And then carbohydrates, you know, we got the five-minute ready rices. We got the quick ready pastas. Um, there's already, like, pre-cooked potatoes that you can make also in the microwave. There's a lot of things now where it doesn't take a lot of effort to do. Um, it's just organizing and putting those things into place and making the effort to try to find those in the stores um, to where they're available. I love what you said there. Um, and the athlete taking the time, the effort to do those things. Um, I, I'm sure you saw over the NFL draft this past weekend, all those guys that they showed that gained all that weight, you know, in college, that good weight in college to, to get stronger and to get to their dreams of going to the NFL. I think what you just said right there was money, and I think that a lot of kids need to hear that. Um, so, yeah, and I, oh, go ahead. The big, thing I, the big thing I always say, too, is, you know, I'm, I'm going to give these athletes as many tools as possible and attack them from all angles, whether it's social media, whether it's giving them a handout, whether it's talking to them one-on-one, whether it's giving them an app. Because everyone's going to be a little bit different in the way that they learn and acquire that knowledge. And obviously, it's my job to figure out how we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, when we had Chip Kelly here on campus, we do um, some roundtables every two to three months where we bring in a speaker to come and talk. Um, and the big thing he really emphasized specifically was you know, I hear a lot of my coaches tell athletes, well, I told them to do this, okay, or I've, I've reminded them several times they should do it this way. 
Well, you have to kind of sit back and tell yourself and think, okay, well, you keep telling them this, but they're not figuring it out. So you need to sit back and think of, okay, well, I should try to go about this another way. And what's the best tactic or the best way that they're going to learn the information? Because, again, if you're trying to use that cookie-cutter method with everybody, it's just not going to work because everyone's so different individualized. Yeah. I like that, you know, being cookie-cutter with everything. I mean, it's just going to get stale after a while, and people are going to get frustrated. You know, to, to kind of pony off that, you know, we've both been at small schools, um, you know, small colleges and stuff like that. What's maybe some advice you would give some of those coaches that, you know, have a small budget, they've got no RD? You know, how could they educate their athletes at the small college level? A uh, big thing there, again, Continue to build relationships. Continue to, to contact dietitians in your area. Um, as we all know, in the strength conditioning field, we've been through <clears throat> almost everyone's probably been through a multitude of internships, graduate assistants, been to conferences. So you're going to have a lot of opportunities where you can make connections and meet people. Um, so it's really important during those times that you're trying to take advantage of that as much as possible. Um, so if you're going to some of these events and there's a dietitian who's also a strength coach or has a strength coach background needs to get to you, go and, go and just talk to them. You know, see what they're all about. See what they have to offer. You know, maybe they can give you some advice on some different plans or some different options you could do for your small school that, that might make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, when I look back at Pittsburgh State, um, again, Division II school, and i very fortunate there that obviously one of the GA spots, obviously the one that I filled, um, they were specifically looking for someone with nutrition because they saw that as a big emphasis. Um, again, I didn't have a really large budget. Um, it was very small, but it was enough that we could obviously provide the athletes with some type of post-workout um, snack um, that was you know, essentially high in carbohydrates to replenish those energy stores and the protein to help repair the muscles. Um, so I had to be very particular in the items that I bought and look at the items that were going to be the most nutrient-dense, even the best bang for my buck, and that I could get in large quantities that are going to feed um, you know, several hundred athletes. So I think the easiest one that you can go to um, that's going to be fairly inexpensive and on a small budget, PB&Js. Bread's going to be inexpensive. Jelly's going to be inexpensive. You can get peanut butter in a large tub. It's going to be expensive. Um, and then also just getting some fresh fruit, whether it's bananas, oranges, apples, because usually those whole fruits that have some type of skin on them are going to usually last you a little bit longer and not go as bad as quickly um, than some of your other produce. And just kind of start basics from there. And then if you can build that justification within your department um, to show that, you know, us giving them this post-workout food or is uh, having an advantage and helping us recover, um, that's where you, you again, uh, try to have a close-knit relationship with administration, um, your coaches, and try to build that justification to the point where maybe you can bring in a dietitian eventually or maybe you bring in a strength coach that has some sort of background in nutrition that could help you from that aspect. So just kind of really look at all the angles and all the perspectives from that standpoint and really kind of reach your feelers out there to see where you can uh, make a difference. Yeah. Um, I know for myself, that's kind of always been the hard part for me is finding, you know, bridging that gap of the relationship uh, between the administration and how we need these certain things for maybe a training table and stuff like that. So I think that's really good advice right there. You know, one thing with the athletes that I'm sure you get a lot, um, and I'm sure you get from other people too as well, is supplements. You know, how do you approach supplements with your athletes? And I'm sure 
I'm, I've had it for myself as a strength coach with sport coaches coming up to me asking me about this this new supplement they saw or something like that. So how do you combat that? So first and foremost, I always like to tell athletes and coaches, I'm going to take a food-first approach. Um, because if you look at the population I'm working with, kids again anywhere from 13 to 18 years old, our whole mission is to help build a well-rounded athlete all the way around, help develop these kids and develop um, the correct eating patterns and habits um, that are going to help them not only now but long-term. Um, so my big thing is if someone wants to take supplementation, the big question I'm always going to ask is, is why? Why do you feel like you need it? What do you think it's going to do for you? Um, you know, where did you get this idea um, that you needed to take this supplement? So I like to ask a lot of those background questions just to kind of assess um, the reason behind and the purpose for taking it. Um, I'll try to tell them again, we want you guys to take a food first approach first so we can develop those patterns. Um, and then I also tell them, you know, supplements are just supplements to diet. You know, if we're just living off supplements all the time, then you're just putting a Band-Aid on everything. And there, there's no there's no potion, there's no pill, there's no powder um, that's going to be 100% to give you these instant results that you're looking for. Um, it's a lot of long-term development. It's a lot of long-term um, time putting into getting towards some of these goals. So I tell them that from the start. Um, I tell them that, we, you know, we're not going to use these to replace any particular macronutrient, that being protein, carbs, um, or, or healthy fats. And then, but there's always going to be some cases, um, again, for our population, where you may have an athlete uh, who's neglecting a certain food group. And, for example, say they go get blood work done and they're, they're low in vitamin D. Um, in that case, they obviously have a medical justification that they're low in a particular nutrient, um, so, I'm either, again, I'm going to try to take that food-first approach and try to find foods that I can integrate into their diet so we can try to get that level back up to our normal level. Um, but if there's someone who's obviously still struggling with that, then supplementation might be uh, an option that we need to go down um, so we can make sure we're getting that back to a normal level so they're not having specific issues with that. Now, if you think about protein powder, obviously that's always a big one you're going to hear all the time. Like, I need to take protein powder. Protein powder is the be-all, end-all to have after a workout. Um, in a lot of cases, there's going to be pros and cons to that. So, obviously, protein powder can be very accessible. Um, it can be very easy to carry around with you. So, that can be a plus. Um, but, if, but if you're on a campus and you have a dining hall available, my big thing is, hey, go eat lunch. Go eat dinner. Go eat breakfast. There's going to be protein sources there. You don't need to be chugging down a bunch of um, protein drinks and protein powder when you can just go get it from regular food. Again, there's going to be other situations where I may have an athlete that has to go get rehab done directly after practice. So, hey, having that protein shake is going to be beneficial because we need to get that protein as quickly as possible. And he may have a little delay before he can get to lunch. Or it may be beneficial too because depending on how big the kid's portion size is at, at the campus center. Um, he may need to gain some weight, so sometimes adding a little bit of a de- uh, additional protein shake or a smoothie may help with getting some of those liquid calories that are kind of easy to take in, so we may go from that standpoint, too. Uh, the other thing I look at with supplementation, too, is it's not regulated by the FDA, um, so there's a lot of times you're going to get things that you really don't know what's in them, and you're really kind of playing Russian roulette with, with what you're getting in your product. Um, so the big thing that we do at IMG Academy is we use um, NSF products. 
So NSF is a third-party um, independent organization who reviews the manufacturing process. They look at um, the standards of that company, the safety, the quality, and then obviously any type of labeling that's on that product um, to make sure that what they put in it and what they have on the labeling is actually justified and is actually going to be exactly what's in it. Um, the other thing that they do too is they, they double batch test. So they test the supplement while it's out of line, and they test the supplement while it gets out of line. So that way it's getting tested two times to check if there's any type of illegal or banned substances in it. Because as we know with athletes, um, not only is it going to fit for high school athletes, but as kids start getting to college, kids start getting, in some cases, to that elite level in the pros, okay, they're going to be uh, subjected to these random drug tests that they're going to have to make sure they're being aware of. So NSF is a big one for us. Obviously, there's a variety of other third-party testing agencies like Form Choice, Consumer Lab, Aegis Shield, um, USP, BSTG, just to name a few. Um, but a lot of these maybe only do a single batch test, or they maybe only look at certain things like what's in the ingredients label, um, and maybe not even do a test in general. So you have to be very particular from that standpoint. Um, NSF has also developed an app where essentially, if I went to a GNC, and say, for example, you're looking at a supplement, you don't really see the label on the back, the blue label says NSF, you could always scan the barcode with your app on your phone, and it'll pull up if it's in their database or not. Um, I find that really helpful for athletes um, that are going into these places with parents, because, again, a lot of our parents aren't really well-informed on these supplements either, um, so that could be a good, easy stop gate um, so we can make sure these guys are getting the right hands that they need. The other thing that we do is we have a uh, permissible supplement policy at IMG. Um, so, again, we only allow NSF products. Um, the big ones that we allow are protein powders, multivitamins, and vitamin C. Um, if you're a postgraduate, for example, um, say you need to do a little extra school or maybe you got injured and you still have a little bit more time and you need to get some certain stuff done on the rehab process, um, they're allowed to take, obviously, creatine supplements, but anyone underneath that graduate level, um, we don't allow them to have that. Um, all these athletes have to sign the sheet by the coming to IG, IMG to, to recognize that they understand the policies that we have in place. Um, and again, usually within our curriculum, um, we do take a workshop and a class to discuss supplements specifically with the athletes. Um, again, like you had said earlier, that's where a lot of those kind of questions pop up. Should I take this? Should I not take this? Is it good for me? Is it not good for me? And that's where we kind of have those discussions with the athletes, make sure they're aware of that. And then the other thing I, I use a lot from an activity standpoint to kind of really hit it home is uh, if you think about if I go to Aldi's, which is a supermarket, and I get five pounds of chicken breast, boneless chicken breast, it costs $10 to $12. If I get that same five pounds of protein, it's going to cost me 25 to $50. So where do you think I'm getting more of the value? Yeah, the actual food. Yeah. So you can you can waste you can waste an extra fifteen to almost thirty dollars in the protein powder, or you can get the actual food and get a lot more nutrient density out of it. And then also at the same time, now you've got other money you can spend on other different snacks or different foods that you can actually have. They're going to meet those recommendations that I would tell the athletes to eat. Man, that's huge right there. That just uh, blew my mind open a little bit. I'm not going to lie. That's that's good stuff right there. Why? 
I, I guess my question that I had there, you, you answered it for me, was that NSF app. So you can get that app, and that'll show you all those supplements that are NSF certified, right? Yeah, so you can go on the app. Um, they have the barcode scanning option. Yeah. Um, also, they'll have a database. So, for example, let's say I want to look for protein powder. Mm-hmm. So you can type it, or you can look through their database, and it'll give you all the uh, supplementation um, that they've obviously um, went out and looked at, and obviously worked with the company. And again, the big thing you're going to look for, you should look for a blue label. It should say NSF somewhere on the back of the packaging. Mm-hmm. If it's not, then I would probably be pretty skeptical of it. Yeah, that's something I just uh, recently kind of learned about. What you're talking about is you know, just how tainted supplements can be and how I learned from it was just from the UFC guys, from you know the USADA testing, and you know you talked about the, the Jones family, you know John Jones and all of his his issues that he's had with the supplements and stuff. And I think it's really fascinating on how dependent some of these athletes and people are on supplements. When what you're saying, you know, just go get some chicken. You can get some other things that might help you out. Uh, exactly. I mean, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think. That whole food approach is huge. You know, I know myself and, you know, my family and stuff like that, that's always helped us. So, I mean, I think right there is bingo, man. Just show them the, the numbers from the supplement versus, you know, buying some actual real food that you can get at the grocery store. And the, the big thing I would add off of that, too, is is obviously you're going to have some athletes that are going to get to the point where, you know, they're at elite level, you know, like an NFL athlete. Yeah. Um, and obviously they're looking for that extra one, two, three percent that's going to help their improvement and their performance. Um, so when we start getting to that elite level, obviously there's going to be certain supplements that might be actually a little bit more advantageous to kind of look at, to implement in their diet, to help with their recovery, help with their performance, help with their cognition. Um, but again, with the population I'm working with, we, we got to get these basic base level things down first. Um, and obviously once they start pro- progressing through the ranks, there's going to be more opportune times when they get older that I usually try to educate them and tell them that, hey, you know, we don't need to take this right now, but as we kind of go down the line, this may be another opportunity or something we might want to consider at that point, but I don't think we need to get there quite yet because there's going to be some different foods we can kind of include that with. Yeah, I think not rushing them too much, get them that foundation. Um, more people need that. I, I'm finding that in just in strength and conditioning. Kids need to learn how to do push-ups and body weight squats versus doing cleans on their first day. But um. oh, absolutely, <laughs> some of these some of these kids in, in, in some places. I mean, we're just we're trying to push them too fast, too quickly. And it's like you just, we just need to get back to the basics. Okay, think, keep things simplistic. You know, not not rush things. Um, but but I think we're in that kind of fast-paced society where, again, everyone wants the change to happen in a couple weeks. Um, in reality, we really got to slow cook these kids. Um, we got to give them time. We got to educate them to know that this is a process that's going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. And just kind of bring them back to reality and let them know, especially like for my guys. If I have a kid 15 years old come in, he's like, man, you know, I play this position. If I can't get to this certain weight, like I'm not going to be successful. And I'm like, hey, you got two, three more years with me. You get to college, you got a whole other four years there of development from that standpoint. And I go, that's a whole seven years that you have, eight years depending on the age of the kid, mm-hmm. that you're going to have time to develop and get to that point. So I try to kind of make it realistic and lay that out to them. 
just so they know that they have lots of time to, to get towards their goals, let's just try to set them easier short-term goals to progress ourselves to that point. That's great, man. I mean, I think that's great because those kids are going to get that buy-in from that and they're going to see the slow progressions and they're going to come back, you know, three or four years later and say, wow, look what we did here. Um, what What's some of the resources that you use um, in nutrition, um, lifting, everything, you know, books that you're reading, everything? What's your resources? Well, I have a slew of those. Um, looking at the nutrition standpoint, um, some big ones that I really – look at our, um, at IMG, we're affiliated with uh, GSSI, uh, which is the Gatorade Institute, um, and currently in the U.S., there's only three Gatorade Institutes, one with IMG Academy, um, their main base, which is in uh, Chicago, and then they have one that they're, they just, um, it's with the Dallas Cowboys down in Texas, and then they have one that's international, so I'm very fortunate to be able to work with a great group of scientists um, over right on the other side of my building. Um, that I could do a variety of, of different testing, whether it's resting metabolic rate, whether it's body composition, uh, whether it's checking their um, sweat rate or how much how much um, salt they lose or certain electrolytes. Um, so that's been a huge help for me. But obviously on their site, they're going to have a lot of good research articles um, that they're doing. And obviously we're very fortunate they can obviously use a lot of the athletes we have on campus, um, which is a big advantage for us because, again, we can start looking at a lot of things uh, from a research standpoint with our group and our population in particular. Um, the other big one is also the CTSBA, which is the certified, or which is the uh, um, Sports Dietetic Association. They have a ton of great resources on their site, um, infographics, partner sources um, that I would definitely recommend anyone to check out. NCAA has some good nutrition handouts. And then also uh, SCAN, which is the Sport Cardiovascular Nutrition um, organization. They also have some really good handouts too that are general, sports specific. Um, so that's kind of my go-to from a nutrition standpoint. Um, one other big thing I use a lot with the athletes uh, is called the Eat to Win app, uh, which was created by Tavis Piatoli. Um, he was previously the uh, sports dietitian for the New Orleans Saints and the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Um, and he's currently working with the Taylor Hooten Foundation. So I was fortunate enough when he was in development of this um, app that I got to intern with his team and, and play, a, play a small role in helping with uh, kind of dissecting some of the menus that are on the app. And uh, I feel it's very beneficial because um, instead of tracking all your food, you just take pictures of your food and you can collect those pictures. So that kind of makes it really easy to be able to either send to me so I can get the interaction with the athlete and kind of give them that quick feedback so they can apply different changes to their meals. Um, the information that you put in will give you specific fueling recommendations uh, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, um, snacks for your two or three snacks you have throughout the day. So, for example, if I need 4,000 calories, it'll break it up how much calories you need for every single meal and every single snack. And then when you go over to the next section, it'll allow you to look at um, what food choices you can put together that are going to meet those fueling needs for that meal, and it also gives you the portion sizes. So that makes it really easy for athletes, too. Um, it has another section where, um, again, based off your fueling needs, it'll give you different options for different restaurants. So, for example, if I'm going to go to Olive Garden and I need a 100-calorie meal, then X, Y, and Z are going to be my best options that are going to fit within my needs. Um, so that's where a lot of the dietitians that worked on this app um, dissected a lot of these menus.
menus to try to pick out the best options um, that are going to match up with different calorie choices for different people's needs. Um, so that's a huge one that I've been implementing too. Um, that's something we're trying to do a little bit on a, on a bigger scale with our, our football team here um, that I'm going to try to obviously uh, implement and discuss going into the summer. Transitioning standpoint, uh, follow a lot of elite FTS. I mean, the, the big thing to go off of this, there is so much free information now, whether it's podcasts, whether it's YouTube videos, whether it's people writing articles. There, there is no reason that you can't go out and learn to get better at something. But at the same time, it's going out and finding the resources that are going to be the most reputable. Um, so when it comes to that, you know, look at guys who have, you know, tons of uh, years of experience in the field. You know, are they credentialed? So are the articles you're reading, are they are they by someone who's CSCS or CSCCA? Are they by someone who has their doctor? Are they by someone who has their RD? You know, are these people reputable that you read the information from? Because, again, with social media and the stuff that's out there, um, at times, if you don't know who's writing the article or who's putting out the information, you got to be very careful on the kind of information they're putting out from that standpoint. Um, but Elite FTS, Really huge in the conjugate system, so shout out to Nate Harvey. Um, love this book, Conjugate You. I utilize a lot of that for my training. It just makes things a lot more simplistic for me. And uh, let's see. Podcast. Listen to Joe DeFranco's podcast a lot. I uh, listen to Mark Bell. Um, Kabuki Strength. Again, there's there's a plentiful amount of those as well. Nutrition podcast, Sigma Nutrition, Vive uh, Nutrition. Uh, Tavis Piatoli had a podcast out for a little while on his site. He has some still good videos and information on there, too. And then books. Right now, um, I'm reading, well, I do a lot of Audible, um, specifically because I, I feel like I can get through a lot more information um, listening, and I obtain it a lot better than I do reading it. For me, reading, I'm a slow reader, so it could take me months to read a book. Compared to if I do an Audible then I can listen to it maybe in two, three days, and that way I'm getting in a lot more books and a lot more information a lot quicker from that standpoint. And uh, there's going to be a ton of different podcasts, books, and stuff I, I'm going to have that I, I sent you earlier mm-hmm. um, that I know you're going to be sticking in the show notes. Um, so there's going to be definitely a lot of options that can go from there too. Perfect. I appreciate that, man. You kind of talked a little bit about your own training. How has your own training kind of helped you You know, serve your athletes? Well, big thing is, obviously, an athlete walks in, all right, they're seeing them training, all right? So that, that's going to show them, that, you know, they're not only putting in the work, but I'm putting in the effort from my standpoint, too, um, to make sure I'm holding myself accountable. Same, same thing when it comes to eating, all right? You want to lead by example. You know, if, if I'm eating a bunch of garbage and eating burgers and fries, and I'm trying to tell my athletes to eat, you know, broccoli, um, lean beef, and then quinoa, <laughs> It's going to be pretty hard to relate to me if I'm doing the total opposite. Um, so from an exercise standpoint and from a food standpoint, um, I try to keep you know a similar message and do similar things that they're doing as well just so they can see that I'm also in the same shoes they are and I'm also doing the same thing they are doing as well. Just so that way, again, like I talked about a lot in the, the last episode, it's, it's just building that relationship. If they can see I'm putting in the hard work, and they're going to know, like, hey, we have a lot of great coaches that are around us um, that are putting in the same hard work as we are. So hopefully that gives them a little more incentive to know that, you know, we're here for them. And whatever they're going to do, we're going to do as well. It's 
That's awesome. It's always great when when the athletes can see, you know, what you're doing and everything like that, especially with the diet stuff. I mean, I think that's huge. I mean, being able to see that you're you're human as well and you know, you're going to do what they're doing and you're not out eating McDonald's every night like some people. But uh what's the what's some of the best advice you maybe have received from a coach? Um, you know, maybe it's family, maybe it's a friend. What you know, what's some good advice that you received and kind of helped you, you know, getting to where you're at in today? Um, I would say the first big one I, I would I would say is from my parents. Um, I come from a very low economic background and uh, they really led by example. They didn't really talk a lot. It was just kind of like putting in the effort to make sure that we had all the things my brother and I needed, whether it was food on the table, whether it was having um, a roof over our head. And then the, the big thing I take away from my father that I, I, I kind of really still continue to use today as self-motivation is, you know, there's, you, you can do anything you want to, but depending on what you want to do, it's been depending on the amount of effort that you put into it and, de- and depending on, you know, what you want to get out of it. Because if, if you're not putting those things forward, you're only going to be able to go so far. Okay, you're only going to be able to get to, to a certain a certain point and you're going to kind of get stagnant and you're going to limit yourself. Um, so I would definitely say my parents and their background, they've definitely been a huge driving force um, to keep me motivated and to keep me pushing forward um, to make sure I'm doing all the things I can do um, to make myself as successful as possible and to make them proud at the end of the day. Um, the other big thing is, uh, like I said in the last episode from Nate Young, um, who is the uh, head strength coach at Buffalo State, um, his big message for me was, you know, continue to go out and learn from other people. Again, don't be afraid to go talk to other people. I mean, don't be afraid to DM somebody on Instagram, message them to ask them a question. Because, again, like I said earlier in the episode, the worst thing they can say no is not answer you, or you have the other side of the coin where they can say yes, and they can answer any of the questions that you might have. So you really don't know what someone's willing to give until you're willing to ask or until you're willing to, to try to reach out to get advice from them. Um, I'm a big person. I like to really talk a lot face-to-face um, because I feel like through email, text messages, um, a lot of things can kind of get uh, misconceived. So I really like to, to try to meet people in person, face-to-face, just kind of see what they're all about and, and go through the learning process, process from that standpoint. I think... Um what you said there about going to meet, you know, coaches or people face to face is something that a lot of people should be doing. I think that is massive. You know, my wife, she she always makes fun of me because I'm I'll take hour and a half, two hour drives wherever I'm at because I'm reaching out to coaches. I'm wanting to see what they're doing. You know, that's a big reason why I started this podcast. I want to see what other coaches, you know, people like yourself, dietitians, what they're doing because. You know, everybody's got something to learn. I've got something to learn from everybody. And I think what you're doing is very awesome that you want to continue to get those resources and continue to learn. Um, I think that a lot of coaches could really get a lot from doing that. And, and the big thing there, too, like if you look at Elite FTS, I mean, their big motto is live, learn, and pass on. So, you know, you know me keeping all this information to myself is not going to help anybody at all. Mm-hmm. So... My big mission, obviously, and my, my philosophy is I'm going to try to obtain as much information as I can from people that are way smarter than I am and try to put it in a, a, an applicable manner so I can pass it on to other people or, for example, my athletes so that they can get better and they can pass it on to other people as well. 
Um, because if you think about all the athletes that I'm taking on and the population I'm working with and the background and issues they come from, you know, if I teach them something, maybe they can teach their parents something. If they teach their parents something, then now they can have a better household when it comes to different eating habits and patterns instead of going back to the same old thing all the time. Yeah, that's making lasting lasting changes, and not just one person. But like you said, you're helping families. I mean, that's mm-hmm. I mean that's everything right there. Um, yeah. I think being able to help you know just those athletes and their families, and they help their friends. That helps the whole world out and everything. So I, I love that, man. Well, you know, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and wrap things up here real quick. And again, I appreciate you coming on here um, for a second time. Uh, everybody, give you know. Coach uh, Sean Pitcher here, IMG. Give him a follow, and I appreciate you coming on here, Coach. Thank you so much for giving all this information. Uh, I've got a lot here to look through, and I'll be contacting you here pretty soon. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on for a second time. Um, again, I, I always like to say my door is always open, so if, if it's shoot me a phone call, shoot me a text message, you know, shoot me an email. Again, I'll give you those things kind of here at the end that you can put in the show notes. But I'm always, again, open to learn and talk with other people to kind of share my experiences um, so that way we can kind of help each other and all grow. Yeah, yeah guys, check out the show notes. Um, he sent me a lot of good information that I'm going to put in here, a lot of good resources. So there's no excuse to get better. And uh, stay strong. <laughs>